The first movement of lament is mourning, to name our losses and how we are experiencing them. In Psalm 69, one of the classic psalms of lament, the psalmist says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Does that resonate with any of you? It certainly does with me. There are times when the pain of our loss and grief can be overwhelming. And it feels like it will never change. This can be an easy place to get stuck. But getting unstuck doesn't happen by suppressing or denying the loss and grief following the guidance of our psalm. It starts by being as honest as possible about the loss and grief by mourning. In being honest about his distress, our psalmist also acknowledges that he needs help. The first line of the psalm is, Save me, O God. He recognizes that the situation is beyond his ability to fix. For things to be set right, he will need some help. He will need saving. In a world that values rugged individualism and self-reliance, Asking for help can be a very countercultural act, but one with a very real possibility of meaningful uh, reward. Often, God's rescue comes through human agency. You see, there's an instinct to withdraw into ourselves in our pain. Well, that's a natural and perhaps even necessary thing to do for a season. It is dangerous in the long term, and we must take the effort, make the effort to re-engage with the community we need and ask for help when we need it. So throughout this service, I invite you to be open to the range of losses you may have experienced in your life, both tangible and intangible. Not all loss is equal, and some of our losses may require no more than a sad acknowledgement of what was but is no more, or what hasn't been and might never be. However, an accumulation of unacknowledged losses and unmourned losses, however trivial they may seem, can clutter our emotional and spiritual lives in quite a crippling way. So it is wise to deal with rather than ignore our losses as we become aware of them. Other losses will be a years-long journey of acknowledgement and integration as we learn how to make our way in this new reality. But mourning is our first necessary step. The second movement of lament is surrender. Once we've named our losses, once we've asked for God's help, we now have the opportunity to surrender those losses into the loving hands of God. In 1 Peter chapter 5, the writer says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, 
casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is an important part of mourning that isn't often addressed. In order to move forward, we have to let go of what was. It doesn't mean that we no longer love or miss it, or that we will no longer have to mourn it, but it does mean that it is no longer ours to keep safe. So we place it in the hands of the only one who can keep it or them safe. The tighter we cling to what was but is no more, the harder it is to embrace, to live into what is, or anticipate what will be. I've seen where people will cling tightly to the pain of loss because it feels like the pain is all that is left of what they've loved. They're fearful that if they surrender that, there will be nothing left. But that's just not true. You see, when we do surrender our loss, our grief and pain into the hands of God, the love and the memories remain as gift. We will always care, carry both the, the love and the beloved with us, but as gift rather than a possession to be held onto with a white-knuckle grip. So, as difficult as it may be sometimes, we surrender. The third movement of lament is praise and thanksgiving. This is the pattern of the Psalms of lament and is seen in many other places in the Bible and the life of faith. At the end of Psalm 69, the same psalm we heard from earlier, the psalmist does exactly this. With nothing in his circumstances having changed, he declares, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. I have often observed that the darkness, the loss, the grief, the sorrow can function like an emotional and spiritual black hole seeking to swallow up all the light around it. And in the darkness you hear the sibilant whisper that there is nothing but darkness and there never will be. And we teeter on the brink of despair. The discipline of praise and thanksgiving exposes that deceit. There is beauty and love and truth all around us. God's faithfulness and love are expressed in many ways in our lives right now, regardless of the other circumstances. That discipline of praise, praising God for who he is, shifts our focus from ourselves and our circumstances towards God and places our story in a much, much larger story. The discipline of thanksgiving Thanking God for his many blessings helps remind us that life is not all pain and sorrow and darkness. For the flame of a single candle means that it's no longer fully dark. Because this is a discipline, it does not depend on how we feel at the time. Our hearts can be heavy, even broken, and we can still choose to praise and thank God. Indeed, perhaps the best and most valuable time to do that is exactly when we feel least like it. And when we do engage in the discipline, we may discover that our hearts are less, less heavy for having done so.
And the destination of lament, specifically Christian lament, is hope, the opposite of despair. We're nearing the end of Advent, but you may recall that the first candle of the Advent wreath is the hope candle. This Christian hope of the resurrection, the hope that death is not the last word in the conversation, is part of a much larger hope, the hope of God's great and glorious work of redemption, reconciliation, and restoration of all of creation, the culmination of which is the triumphant return of Jesus to set things right and make all things new. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We have the hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as children the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, as it's just been described to us by the Apostle, that hope may not resonate with some of us very much. How can that possibly matter to me with the loss and pain that I'm experiencing right now? We might be tempted to ask. But, but God's work of redemption in the world is something happening right now. And quite counterintuitively, we have been invited to participate in that work. And we can participate in that work of reconciliation and the healing of the nations because of, rather than in spite of, our loss and grief. The great pastoral theologian Henry Nouwen in his book, The Wounded Healer, says this, When we become aware that we do not have to escape our pains, but that we can mobilize them into a common search for life, those very pains are transformed from expressions of despair into signs of hope. The time will come when our loss, grief, and pain can have profound purpose by participating in God's work of healing and reconciliation in the world, in our world. Comfort others with the same comfort you have received. This grand, glorious, and cosmic hope is represented by the flickering flame of a candle. Such is the mystery of our faith. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs>